You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Yes? Hello, how are you today? Excellent, you? How many um, plants have you grown today? Just magically today, not any from start to finish. Sitok is a world-famous gardener. I'm not, but I do have a lot of things growing. I did check on everything, pulled a few weeds this morning. Do you have any tomatoes ready for me to eat? No. There is one tomato, though, that has set, as they say in the gardening world. Fruit has set, and so I have one out of... Uh, 30 plants that I ended up with, and now I think I have 14 that are actually planted and one tomato, and it's about the size of the end of my thumb. But hey, it's a tomato. What is the ETA on massive tomato crop harvest? July. Oh, okay. Middle of July. So we have a lot of salads during July. Hopefully. And I have a little bit of lettuce growing that's actually been successful. Not the kind of lettuce you like. What kind? It's like really soft, flimsy lettuce. (laughs) Like a weed? No, it's just lettuce. You mean like iceberg? No. Like no. wilty. These people greens? don't care about this. They do. That's why they I don't. brought it up. They, they don't. don't care. They might not even know you're. They a don't gardener. care what I'm growing on the deck and in my raised bed. They, they might not don't. even know you're a gardener. I'm not a gardener. I have attempted to grow things for the last few years, and this year it appears that I am so far knocking on this wood desk successful, but. That desk proof, is not made of wood. The proof is in the harvest, and that will not be for a couple months to come. So, I'm just going to tell you now. That it's desk wood. is made of form, pressed board. It's, it's not wood. actually wood. That is wood, pressed together. I thought it was it's like wood pulp. Wood. Nope, it's wood pulp that's been all smushed together into a hard form. Oh, I stand correct. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's my specialty. All right, so um, it is Saturday, June the 8th. This is After the Show, we're a movie review podcast, and this is the 585th edition. And this week, we're looking at a movie, like we do every week, and it's called Captain Marvel. It's a 2018 movie. Actually, not, is it? It's a 2019 movie. Production year would have been 2018. It's actually released this upcoming Tuesday, uh, the 11th of June. You can pick it up. It's out on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD. You can actually get it now on streaming services. It's rated PG... What would you guess at this? PG-13, hmm. actually. And uh, it's from Disney and Marvel, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Captain Marvel. And, uh, a synopsis? It's an origin story of a superhero, a woman superhero... <laughs> and if you've been living under a rock, you've... yeah, I don't think we need synopsis of these. I mean, who are who are the people who are waiting for the synopsis of a movie review that they're about to listen to? Yeah, you all know what Captain Marvel is. Probably <laughs> you've probably already seen it on the cinema. If it's an obscure movie that no one's heard of, that might make more sense. But yeah, Captain Marvel. There you go. There's your synopsis. So, um, as per, you know. By now, if you've listened to this podcast before, or if you're new, hello. But if you're not hello. new... Hello. If you're not new at all, you um, will know that I'm a massive fan of Marvel. Second only to my beloved Star Wars, right? Really? Yeah. Se- okay. I didn't realize it was that high on the, on the master list. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's very meaningful to me. Wow. Okay. Um, this would be the 24th... First Marvel movie, You're you know, in, in the in the cinematic universe, excluding yeah. the other ones. And I have, we've seen all twenty, all of them. We've seen them all up to now. Up to we haven't seen Endgame yet. That'll be the next one. So, um, I have a fondness for these movies, and I, you know, I heard people not liking this one as much, but I like it just as much. I don't know about you, as um, much as. Like, 
I mean, I've got favorites, obviously, in the Marvel movies. Obviously. Including, <laughs> like, Guardians of the Galaxy. I really love that one. I am looking back through my catalog here of old. I really like the original Iron Man, obviously. It was the beginning of it all. The Avengers movies are great. Okay, I like them all. <laughs> but um, she's a new character. You know, are you a fan of comic books? Do you read no. comic books at all? No. Not an anti-fan. Just never have read comics except uh, Archie comic books when I was a kid. Right. And I have a, you know, average knowledge of comic books. I don't delve. You know, I know the big the big characters. But I've never actually heard of Captain Marvel apart from there's a Captain Marvel in the DC universe, which is odd. But it's because this is Captain Marvel. Right. But there's a Captain Marvel in the DC universe that I have heard of. They're called it's called Marvel in DC or yeah, Marvel? Marvel in the okay, DC. Okay, so this is Marvel. Right. But you know what? How many people say Marvel? Right, I'm just saying though, they, she made it clear. They made it clear. And yeah. I think in the comic it must be spelled differently because they they showed it like in writing actually on the screen. Right. So that the lady's name was Marvel. So this um Captain Marvel Let's say. Um, now, people were, like I say, people were saying, I, I was just seeing reviews that were kind of bad mouth in this movie. And no, it was really no. on some. On the internet? Yeah, no. and it was really nothing to do with the movie, but like some po- politics about the star and stuff. Yeah. It actually isn't to do with the movie, any of that. And if they are slagging the movie off, it's because something else got them annoyed. So. The movie itself, what did you think? Uh, let's say there will be some spoilers, possibly. Yeah. What did you uh, think of the movie itself? What you? I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun. It's good action. Looks pretty good. I'd say 92% of the time, special effects-wise. Like all Marvel movies? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. hit and miss on a lot of the body movement, where you're taking a whole human and throwing them against the wall, or like when she flies into the air, and it's your brain... Not that we know what it looks like when a person takes off and flies in the air, but I think somewhere deep inside of us we know what it should look like. And the CGI often is not that. It's like when I pick up my rag- Raggedy Ann doll and try to fling her around. It's got that weird, like, wobbly look. But other than that, I like the story. You know, I don't... I understand the politics and the gender promotion... I don't know what it's called. Like, promoting the idea... Of representing more women as strong characters. I get it. I I don't know why anyone would argue with that. It's not an offense to anyone, I wouldn't think. But as I'm watching it, I'm not thinking that. I'm just thinking, this is a person, a character, who's figuring out she's missing some memories. She's been on a different planet. And she has this weird power. She's been brainwashed, essentially, by whoever found her. And... Now she has to kind of determine that, figure out who she is, learn to use her power appropriately. And in the mix of all that, she's basically saving, um, not the world this time, but a there are two other worlds or two other races out in the galaxies and universe who are battling against each other. And she essentially comes into the middle of that war to right some wrongs. So it's yeah. not a world is going to end kind of a story. Although, I guess the Kree come... Yeah, they're a threat. And they're going to blow up the planet if yeah. they can't find the whatever that thing is called. So, yeah, I guess, but that's not the that's not the overriding thing of the whole story. That's just sort of thrown out there like, oh, they can blow up the planet. And then it's right. like, oh, here they are. But that's not like she's not trying to prevent that. I don't even know if she's aware that they've made that plan at all. She just knows she needs to intervene with this power source, you know, somebody's going to figure out how to do travel by light speed and blah blah blah. And and you'll watch the movie. We know you're going to watch the movie. And she's very powerful. In yes. fact, it, it's not fully explained exactly what her power is, everything about her. Yeah. Like, you know. But from the end, there's a scene towards right near the end where she does some powerful things where I was like, wow, is it like unlimited, her power? Because she seems pretty powerful. Like, I'm thinking of the other Marvel superheroes like Spider-Man or somebody like that. And I'm thinking... They're nothing compared to what she can do, right? Yeah, right. Like, Spider-Man can climb up a building and swing by his webs. This woman can fly in space. Like, she can literally 
take off, shoot up into the air, and be flying in space with no helmet on. I mean, and she can also be like, what? It's because she's basically like just pure energy she can is be what a I missile? get. Yeah, I mean, she's like a missile, isn't she, when she's fu- when she like shoots herself at a spaceship. She's like the weapon. So yeah, true. She's really powerful. Like, And I was like, wow. When you introduce a superhero in your franchise that seems the most powerful, is she like the cheat code to get out of put jail free kind of thing? I was going to say, you, you can't introduce somebody who has no... F- Flaws. Weaknesses, yeah. Yeah. Because that is part of the superhero thing, isn't it? There's always a... Because, like, Superman has one. Kryptonite, yes. in case you didn't know. Kryptonite. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever, ever heard of Superman, there's a spoiler for you. <laughs> Supergirl has... Anybody from Krypton has the Kryptonite one. What, what's, like, Tony Stark's weakness? Well, he has to have that thing in his chest. Yeah, true. If that... If he's reactor... If he, if he goes broke. Yeah. <laughs> his credit card limit, maybe. If his, if his ego his, gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. These little feelings get hurt. Yeah, they've all got one, right? Yeah. What's Spider-Man's? Let me uh, test you on it. Spider-Man. Yeah, Aunt May probably, right? That's his weakness. Emotions, definitely emotions, yeah. Let's see if if we can find one that doesn't have a weakness. (laughs) There isn't. There can't be because then that's it, (laughs) right? Then you're done with the whole, like, I don't know. Ant-Man, he's got his little girl. He'll do anything for her. Emotions. Yeah, plus he's just a dude, getting yeah. big and getting small. Well, his like weakness he's... is, when he's really small, anybody can stand on him. <laughs> that's <and> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a risk-reward scenario. Like, loads of weaknesses, because he's just a dude who gets mad. So if uh, he's happy, then that's his, that's his weakness, yeah. happiness. Another really powerful one seems like Doctor Strange. He seems pretty powerful. But he's only a bloke. You could just chop his head off, right? That is true. He's not... Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, he can do a lot of stuff so long as he's still breathing. If you stop him breathing, he's done. True. So yeah, they've all got a weakness, and Captain Marvel doesn't seem to have one from what we this movie telegraphs to True. us. True. So that is like, ooh, really? She can just solve anything because. But know. with anyone's origin, I guess we find we we want to feel their strength before we find out all their weaknesses. Now let me say how much I enjoyed this movie in that it's set in the 1990s mostly. <laughs> And by um, the miracle of technology, um, and we have seen it done before in Marvel movies and other movies too, they de-age a couple of actors. And in the past, we've always looked at it and gone, well, it kind of looks cool, but there's something a bit fishy going on, right? Uh, I've never never said kind of anything. It always looks shitty. Yeah. Like super shitty. Right. Princess Leia... Tron, they look shitty. Oh, those those were actually... Those are the worst possible ones. Those shouldn't have even... I wouldn't have even signed off on those if I was... <laughs> they were awful. Like, really, yeah, really but, awful. Yeah. Um. So, Samuel L. Jackson, in this movie, in real life, is 70 years old. But, because it takes place in the 90s, before he even gets his eye patch, before he's really the Nick Fury you all know, who forms the Avengers, you know... He is, how old would he be? Subtract. Subtract the numbers. truly 70 now in the movies. Yeah. So we're saying that he's 70 in Yeah, because they don't bother de-aging him or anything. Right. Uh, He doesn't look 70, but He looks like 60, doesn't he, really? 90s is 30 years ago, so he would have been 40, but he looks younger than 40. True. So they de-aged him using this method, and I was just reading all about it, Industrial Light and Magic. They took... Uh, high-res scans of the movie, you might know it, The Negotiator, <laughs> which was a 90s movie starring Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. It's actually a quite a good movie, right? We, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, so they took Samuel's face from that movie when he was that age, and then he acted in this movie with dots on his face, and then painstakingly they went through every single frame and merged the young version with the old version, and made him look younger. And I think it is a miracle. It does not look weird. It's not a miracle. It's science. It's technology at play. Correct. It does not look weird. There's no math. For the first 30 seconds, because I knew they'd done it, I was looking at him going, okay. How shitty is this going to look? Okay, is it going to... Does it not look right? And then I was like, 
I can't tell, like, anything. I can't see anything. Like it, He's pretty smooth, which I doubt if he was actually that smooth when he was younger. He's pretty smooth, but as far as you looking at it going, oh god, it's like Tron. <laughs> like you said, like if someone had never seen a Samuel L. Jackson movie before, they wouldn't cotton on to this. No, they would just think he was young, a younger... Well, they wouldn't think anything. They'd just think, oh, there's a guy. Correct. It doesn't seem like there's any CG going on. And they do the same to uh, Agent Coulson in it. Now, his looked... I look at him a lot more, I guess, because I've watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I've seen his face a lot. And his looked like he had an Instagram filter a bit, you know? Like a little bit. Very smooth. like. <laughs> yeah. But again, it was very good. In fact, of all the special effects in this movie, which is like Captain Marvel flying into space and shooting beams out of her hands and stuff, the, the thing that kept like amazing me was looking at Samuel L. Jackson going... That's Samuel L. Jackson, and he's 30 years younger than he is Definitely. Now, and he's just acting. It's like he just stepped... It's like he's in a time... Came from a time machine. It's incredible. I don't... What well, the future of that is crazy. The next movie that they're doing it in, I was reading in this article, is Martin Scorsese's new movie. And the first half of the movie, of Martin Scorsese's movie, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are 30 years younger. And then in the second half, they're their appropriate age. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And he's using exactly the same technology. If it, if you can do make it that work, you know, like it, like they did here. I think this was a success with Samuel L. Jackson. If that works with those two actors that you're so familiar with, and it doesn't look weird, it's like they can do anything. <laughs> like the the next thing would be, oh, we'll just like get like, you know, the, such and such has died. So he can now be in the movie. Because isn't that everybody's fear? Yeah, I, well, I do think that's going to happen, isn't it? What was that? It, eventually that'll happen. We'll have so many scans and high-res things. of They will create a digital version that won't look phony. And you'll be like, oh my God, uh, Marilyn Monroe's in new movies now. You know? I don't know about that, but... Maybe not Marilyn Monroe, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like newer actors who've been scanned so much. Every single pore of the body has been scanned and their movements have been scanned. I think that's probably the future. And then what? You don't need people? That's nah, all? That's a little paranoid. <laughs> but anyway, uh, technically, that it astounded me. And like I said to you, if you didn't know anything about that, I don't think you would question, you wouldn't even think about it. I agree. I was just thinking about it because I was like, ooh, this is a movie where they've, maybe, maybe it looks bad, maybe it looks good. Oh, it just looks really good. I like the humor in this movie, as a lot of it. Do you think... The a- Agent Fury um, is kind of... He doesn't feel like he does in any of the other movies. It's a bit... Well, he's not hardened yet. He yeah, didn't right. know anything. This is all new to him. He didn't know any of this was going on out in the so galaxy. So he's a more light-hearted version, yeah. isn't he? And he's kind of... He's, he's a lot of wisecracking. There's a lot of funny lines from Samuel L. Jackson. It looked like he was really having fun, I thought. And... I was hoping they would play more with the 90s theme, but they don't really, do they? I mean, the fact she, when she crash lands onto Earth, she's like, she crash lands into a blockbuster video. You'll have seen that in the trailer. That was cool, but they didn't do like what Thor did, where it was like, oh, she's not familiar with anything. They didn't do all those jokes, did they? They, No, I think it's better this way. They kind of kept it, it kind of kept a serious tone. It It moves pretty fast, this movie as well, I thought. They don't like linger around. It's straight into the action. You know, she's, she ends up on Earth. And then almost immediately she's fighting an old lady on a train. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it doesn't hang around. The, did we satisfied with the plot? Do you like the... Yeah. I think because it wasn't the world is at threat as the big chunky, you know, thing. I was happy with that. Yeah, it's almost like the last movie Well, we saw Infinity War. Which was so giant, it's like, you know, the grandest scale. And then after that came Ant-Man versus the Wasp, which was a smaller tale, but it still tied into the Avengers. And then this one also feels like a small... Even though it takes place in space a lot, and there's different planets, and you get to see some stuff, it feels smaller, doesn't it, the story? It doesn't feel as... Yeah, but I liked that for this, so we weren't just straight into save the world, save the world, save the world. Right, and they've obviously established her now, and she... 
if you wait around at the end, there's a bit of a one of those Marvel stingers, and you see that she ties into the next movie, which is Endgame. Um, and if, you, if you've seen Endgame, then you know. Yeah, and that's very sensible, because a woman of her power, I would definitely tie her into uh, helping out with Thanos, the Thanos problem, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she seems like she could just go to Thanos and punch him in the face, or, or just like go right through him, and that's it. He's gone. So maybe that's the end. Maybe it all ends within about five minutes when Endgame comes up. Um, I really liked her costume. I like the idea that she wears spoilers. There's like a double cross feature in this movie, isn't there? Like a... Yeah. It's like um, Ben Mendelsohn's in this movie. And what I said to you was, Ben Mendelsohn, I can never trust him because he <laughs> only plays like creepy, either creepy or... Give us some examples. Um, Rogue One. Not very nice. Right? Forgot about him in Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ready Player One. Yeah. Another one movie. Not very nice at all. Um, what else? That's all I can think of. So the one was... with Ryan... The one that Ryan Gosling directed, where he does that weird dance at the end. The river one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't I trust him. Doctor Who was the bad guy. Doctor Who was the bad guy, but Mendelssohn was also very weird and creepy. Okay. Um, he does have a habit of playing a... I think people just... Well, he's good, isn't he? As a creepy weirdo. He's very good. He's just <laughs> good anyway, so... So they kind of... In this movie, uh, uh, spoilers, I've said spoilers a few times now, mm-hmm. they kind of flip it on its head that what you expect is not what you expect. I kind of liked it. Did you see that coming? Um, no, because I was convinced, yeah, he was... Yeah, yeah. when because these um, Cree, they're called, right? Am I right with that? Mm-hmm. They can shapeshift into anything. So he takes the place of Samuel, uh, Nick Fury's boss. And Nick Fury's boss seems immediately sleazy and creepy to me. <laughs> I'm like, not. I, uh, <laughs> he said something about trusting him. And I said to you, how can you trust? Be- it's Ben Mendelsohn. You can't <laughs> trust him. Definitely not. It just seems <laughs> fishy immediately. But I did like what that became, like how it flips around. And they're not, you know, they're the good people, the Cree, right? You do, you've got to trust them. Maybe you can get together a whole army of those people. No, the Cree's not good. Not the Cree. I, that's why I asked you, was a right, was a right, and you said, yeah. There's two names, and I get them both mixed up. There's Cree and... The other ones. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we, I've got it back backwards. So it's the other ones. I always knew the Kree were bad, because they've been bad the whole time. Yeah, I mean, they are the big baddies. Yeah. But, are they... I mean, they've been in... They were in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, so, the blue guy. He's a Kree. Yeah, he is. So were they... Do you see them as a massive threat now, after this movie? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they could be, I guess. Like the Marvel people said, they're one of our biggest, most famous baddies I mean, in the universe. nothing happened to them. So. No. Nothing happened, no. Um... So, yeah, I think it's a great story. I think the 1990s vibe is cool. I think, you know, I really love music in movies, and this movie makes a point of, like, playing a lot of grungy music, like Nirvana and Hole and that kind of stuff, uh, Garbage, uh, No Doubt. But I think it was a bit awkward with its music at times. You know Sometimes, yeah. There's one scene which you'll know what I'm talking about. She's having a massive fight in a spaceship. And they play in I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt. And obviously, I can see what they're going at. But it didn't seem right. Like, it didn't seem... It seemed like it it took the dramatic part out of the fight. Like, it... Well, the thing is, she's kind of coming into who she is. And she's actually having a good time. Yeah. And kind of proving to everyone, like, screw everybody who kept knocking me down and telling me I can't do it. And so I think that was the vibe they were going for. Yeah. I got the vibe, it just the way it was done, it just felt a bit like it sucked a bit of the, like, if you do it just right, and I can never determine what the just right is, there's some intangible where it makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, you know True. what I'm saying? True, yep, yep. This did not do it, like, I was like, yeah, I understand the song, I understand she's kicking ass, but it doesn't seem to connect properly. And I'm a massive fan of, like, putting the right song with the right action. You are. Yeah, it really, it it can get you. It can make you cry. It can make you really happy. 
But uh, that was the only complaint I really have. And that's not really a good complaint, is it? <laughs> so um, let's have a look at the cast here. Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel. Marvel. Um, how do you like her? I liked her a lot. I mean, but I like her anyway, so I like that she's pretty, she's not super slick most of the time, and she's kind of flat emotionally. I like that. Well, yeah, and that's actually uh, one of the things I saw people criticize was she was flat emotionally. And I was like, did you watch, I was thinking, did you actually watch the movie? That's what she was going for. Because the idea is that she's been like, not captive, but brainwashed for all these years. And so. And then she has to come into herself. And at the end of the movie, she does. So, you know. Exactly. You know, when you watch, uh, when she's in the next movie, she probably won't feel like that because that was what she was getting at. So, yeah, I don't, I think she's a really good actress. Room, I think, is incredible. And I think a lot oh, of it yeah. is down to her. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson plays Nick Fury. You know, I love Samuel L. Jackson in certain things, but I we have criticized him in the past of going, well, he just does Samuel L. Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think he does again here. I mean, he's just playing Nick Fury. No, again. I liked him a lot more in this, so... I'll Even... You like the young, I guess I do like, kind of like the young version of Nick Fury where he's kind of a bit more carefree and the weight of the world is not on him. And literally then it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally, yeah. 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 They kind of, they do a, what I thought was kind of cool as well is it's it's an origin story of Nick Fury 2. Not Nick Fury 2, the first one. (laughs) Um, The only one. You find out like how he, why he wears an eye patch. You find out like... Well, there's a bit. You see a bit of his. Agent Coulson's new on the job, right? Nick Fury's not really bonded with him at all, has he? In this, it's before that. Yeah. So you see a bit of that, a little bit, but you do get to, you know, see this young Nick Fury is just doing his job. When you first meet him, and he gets out of that car, and he's like investigating, you know, a superhero's landed on Earth. It it doesn't seem to phase him. Like, he's seen shit already, hasn't he? Some, but not that. Yeah, m- not that. Not as big as that. Yeah. He said he was there to face down threats, but yeah. not from up above, so. Uh, as we spoke earlier, Ben Mendelsohn plays Talos. Um, he's great in both guises, when he's like Samuel L. Jackson's boss, and he's just the yeah. businessman guy, and when he's actually the alien guy in the green makeup. I think I liked him in both. Did you immediately know who he was? Yes. Yeah, I did too. He's a bit of a lisp. His and voice, so, yeah. yeah. Jude Law plays Yon Rog. I know that he's, a, he's part of her people. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you like he's Jude? all right. I mean, I'm not a huge Jude Law fan. You're not? Not really. What's your, um, what's your favorite Jude Law thing if you did like in the I anything? don't even know. Did you like him in uh, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey? Yes, that might... Well, but then again, was it because of him or just I like the theme of those movies or the style? I have to say, and I'm going to... I could get a lot of shit for this, but one movie that if it showed up, like if I turned to a channel on cable and it happened to be on, like starting, I would watch it again, is Repo Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a great movie. No. No, no, no. Not Repo Man. Repo Men. Yeah. Repo Men. Yeah, Yeah. with Ghost Dog Guy and him. And no, it isn't. But then there's just something about it that I like the the weird idea of it. And it's very severe. It's very of its time. And part of it is him because he is better, you know, sometimes than other times. AI seems kind of up your own ass kind of a character and... What else have we seen him in? I really like that movie called Enemy at the Gates with him, mm. where he was a sniper. Yeah, you did. That was a good one, yeah. <laughs> you sure did. I did. He's been in many uh, British movies too, right? Well, I would imagine. Yeah. He's I'm trying British, to think. Right? I'm trying to think what, I, what he's most famous for, but you're right. AI always comes to mind. And I've yeah. only seen AI once. But yeah, it was good. So yeah, um, I just read a thing with Jude Law, and he said he was like nervous about going into the big Marvel franchise. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. said to him, "Well, 
you can't go into it thinking you're the star of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, it's a big thing and you do your, you'll be in it and you'll be your little piece of it and you'll be a key to unlocking other things. So you have to think of it that way. You're exactly. Not, you're not going in there as Mr. Diva. You're the, it's easy for Robert Downey Jr. to say, I guess, but <laughs> um, that's how he gave it him. And he said, you know, even if you don't even know the name of your character, your character is going to mean something in, it, in the whole universe. Just think of it like that. So that's why he took it. Yeah. But that makes it sound like Jude Law's going like, well, I'm not going to be in a movie unless I'm I'm the, the most hero. important. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the, that's the thing about, you know, yeah. Hollywood. The performers are, by nature, want to perform. Egotistical. I don't know if they're egotistical, but, you know... They've brainwashed again into this thing of their brand and you don't want to like devalue yourself compared to someone else and all that stuff. Yeah, I can see what they, I can see that, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, this is Brie Larson's movie and I'm just, you know. I'm just a girl in the world. I'm just Jude Law stood in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. So Annette Benning plays Wendy Lawson. She's not in it a very lot, is she? She's, she's minimal. She's minimal, but, you know, again, I like Annette Bening, but I feel like she's one of those people that I can't help but think she's kind of up her own ass a lot. (sighs) I don't, (laughs) I know people don't like to hear these things, but, you know, there's this very actorly thing about her. You know why? Because she's an actor. She is, but there's it doesn't ever feel natural, even in, like, The Kids Are All Right and movies like that, where it's just supposed to be a slice of life. Oh, I'll give you a movie that she's great in. It always feels American Beauty? Yes. Yeah, but still, it's a very stage-type performance where there is a high importance on look at me, ta-da-ta-da, in every scene and in everything. And though I love the slapping herself in the car scene a lot to keep herself from crying, it's still very hyped up. It's sort of melodramatic to me. Right. She was good in this, but like I say, she's very she's minimal but important to the story, right? Mm, yeah. Um, Digimon Hounzu plays Korath. I don't think it's Digimon, is it? It's Digimon. Digimon. I like that guy. I often <laughs> think people, uh, movies use him because of his look rather than his acting. Yeah. Like, always oh, well, got an interesting look about him. He's kind of muscly and he, he stands out. I think, I feel like sometimes that's why they choose him. He fits here. He looked, you yeah. know, he's got a cool, there are, there are like an elite team of dudes that Jude Law helms. Um, Gemma Chan also plays Minerva. She's one of them. She's the sniper. She does not get utilized enough. I really like Gemma Chan, but yeah, they underutilized. Like you, how many scenes is she in, really? She's in several, but not really a big deal. No, I really like her. She, I think you could do. She's cool looking. They do that cool look, like they did with Karen Gillan in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. She looks cool. She's got an alien look to her. But yeah, do you mean like seven of nine? Yeah. From Voyager from 150 years ago that no one ever talks about how cool she was. What happened to her? Seven of nine? The lady who plays her. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she just like disappeared. Um, She should bring her back and put her in a Marvel (laughs) movie. And Clark Gregg plays Agent Coulson. He's not played Agent Coulson for a while. He's back in this, obviously, because it's before the events. Um, I like Agent Coulson. You know what, though? Again, underutilized. They didn't barely use him. He said like... Four lines? He spoke to Nick Fury in his office. That was it, right? No, he was out on the field. He's the one that didn't tell on he him. He barely said anything, though. There was yeah, like, he's like saying something on the radio. He was in several scenes. Yeah, but I, because I love him in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I know like everything about him, I just wanted there to be more to him than just that. He's just there, like, like fan service almost. Um, there's not really a major plot that hangs on him or anything. This is directed by uh, it's, it's directed by two people, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They're actually indie directors. They made a movie called Half Nelson. Have you heard of that? Mm, I think it's so. It's about wrestling. Um, it was quite. It was a hit on the indie kind of front. They also made a movie called Sugar. So they are indie directors, and they've Marvel 
like to look at directors from other genres and stuff. And if they see like a style they like or whatever, they they bring them on board to their massive mega mega apocalypse ship. Um, I think they did a good job. I mean, it doesn't look like it. It looks like every other Marvel film, right? It fits with the continuity of it all. It doesn't seem yeah. stylized in any way. It's just the same. Correct. Which is what you want from Marvel movies. You don't want every one of them to be like, oh, this is the one that Tim Burton made. You don't want that, do you? You want it to be a cohesive thing because it, they're all sequels to each other. So I think they did a good job of it. There are some extras. Oh, who else? Um, I wanted to mention that John Krasinski is in this movie. Yeah, for about two seconds. Um, for about two seconds. In the actual movie, only because I'm keenly trained to know where, when John Krasinski is in something. <laughs> and why is this? Where do you know John? It's Krasinski, by the way. No, no R, I yeah. believe. Krasin- Krasinski. Yeah. I think. Well, I, I thought it was an R in it. Anyway. There might be. But. He, um, he is in a British soap opera that I have watched for 40 years, <laughs> maybe more. He's, he's not been in it for 40 years. But. No. I watch it every weekday, pretty much. And uh, he is a recurring character in that show. We also know him from True Blood. He was Wallow in True Blood. You'll know him. You'll have seen him in stuff. Anyway. Not much. No, not a lot. But he crops up. And he crops up in this. He's on a motorbike. He's got goggles on. He's got a hat. You're, got- you're about to open a can of worms here with what he says to her. If you want your wife to just really... Yeah, well, he's got a helmet on and he's got <laughs> goggles on, right? But instantly I said to you, hey, that's John Krasinski. And nobody in the world will probably get that. <laughs> I just know like the shape of him and stuff. I was like, that's him. It is him, but he's kind of removed from the movie almost, isn't he? Because there is a deleted scene with him in it. But what he is in the movie uh, anyway? What does he? What does he do? What's his part? Well, he's just a dickhead. <laughs> Let's just start there. A jerk. Uh, this is something I've encountered in my own life that makes me so angry that it's hard to describe why. Or the level of internal anger. He tells her, why why don't you smile for me? Or why can't you smile? Or why don't you smile? And it's like she gives him the look of like, that that look. Now, she could have beat the shit out of him. Which I think on many levels, many women who get told this might want to do. Like fantasy wise. I even had a man at work who a couple of years ago. I would walk past, and he'd turn around in his chair real slow as I walked past behind to the break room. He'd turn around real slow with his little hands clasped in his stupid lap, and he'd go, oh, you should smile more. And I seriously, in my mind, there were, what's that thing in Next when you can immediately plot out every possible scenario that could happen within the next episode? Oh, yeah. And most of them ended up with me in jail or in trouble or fired because you're talking about the Nicolas Cage movie yes next (laughs) because I could see okay if I whip him around in his chair and shove him against his desk and tell him to mind his own fucking business I'll probably get in trouble if I kick him I'm definitely gonna get in trouble if I pick up this thing that's sitting here like a stapler and throw it at him I'm probably gonna get in trouble if I just keep walking only I will know the level of how much I fucking hate when people tell me to smile, first of all, fuck off. What is what is your deal? Thanks, you Sid want? Talk, for um, getting us our, our rating for this week. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from a person when you say smile? At, you want me to lie to you constantly? I'm not happy every second of the day, particularly with you. You're not... If, there are people I walk past and we have passing glances like at work or people I know or in my hometown or whatever. And you give them a grin. You give them a lift of the head, right? Because they, they bring pleasure to your life for a split second and a smile naturally occurs. If I'm walking down the street and nothing is just beaming me with happiness, I'm not going to be smiling. Does every man have a fucking smile placid on their face? No. Do people say to me, oh... Oh, honey, you really should smile more. No. So that, I was glad they addressed it, and in a subtle manner where she didn't actually 
knock the shit out of it. Yeah, in the movie, it's it's <laughs> condensed. He it's says just that. a nod to this like condescending prick character that we all come across. Yeah, and, and if you don't think it's condescending, and you do it to people, and you wonder why they get mad, and we have no sense of humor, and we're all just too bitchy, that's fine. I couldn't give a shit. In the deleted scene version, you get to see a kick him. Well, <laughs> yeah, not really, but n- not kick him, but use her arm power on him. So there are extras on this Blu-ray. Oh, you're right. It's no, no. John Krasinski is John Krasinski. Yes, I know. From The Office. Oh, that guy. Yes. So this guy, Jack is, Ryan. So this guy is. What's his first name? Is it also John Krasinski? Yeah. He's John, isn't he? John Krasinski. Know. It's not Krasinski, because that's the guy from The Office. Yeah, we're not talking about the guy from The Office. We're talking about Wallow from True Blood. (laughs) If you know who that is. (laughs) I'll find it. I'll find it. Carry on. Anyway, the... uh, Robert Kaczynski. Robert. Kaczynski Noir. Kaczynski. Yeah. All right, I was saying, you were all thinking The Office, weren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's not who I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. He's the guy Wallow. You know Wallow. You've seen True Blood. He was in it it for a season. Wallow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, extras on this uh, disc. It's the 4K release. You get the 4K. You get deleted scenes, including that one with Robert. You get a gag reel. Did you love the gag reel, Sid Talk? Uh, Not really. I'm not a gag reel person. Remember, I don't smile. I don't have a sense of humor. She does not. I don't. Um, Ever. What did you think of the cat as well? I didn't mention the cat. It was was pretty funny. I'm not a cat person. Also, I don't like animals. So there you go. (laughs) I'm terrible. (laughs) There's a cat in this movie. I sound like a terrible human being. Don't tell me to smile. I don't like kittens and I don't like puppies. Interestingly, the cat in this movie, which is actually actually a character in the movie. He's a cat. He is um, mostly a CG cat. Sometimes there is a real cat, but Brie Larson is... Is allergic to cats, so they did CG cat a lot Which of the time. Is funny. And guess what? You can't really tell there's a CG cat. Can no. You? So I like that. I mean, obviously, he's a CG cat in some scenes because you're like, whoa. And I won't spoil that, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the cat's called Goose. <laughs> and it's a Top Gun reference. A duh. A duh. And then there's a bunch of featurettes, the Scrolls in the Cree, Big Hero Moment, The Origin of Nick Fury. They're all okay. They're nothing special. They're just interview talking head top type things. And there's an audio commentary with the directors, which I will listen to this week. I do like audio commentaries. I like to see where they were coming from when they make a movie. So, decent amount of extras. Can we bring back the Marvel one-shots, please? Marvel. It's been a long time. Sounds expensive. It does. But remember in the day when you used to make a little short movie and put it on there? Yep. So good. You could have made an Agent Coulson one for this movie. But what's the benefit to them? What are they? They're not making any money. There's no benefit to them. Unless they love the fans, but maybe they don't. They don't. (laughs) (laughs) So um, thank you to Marvel and Disney for sending us a copy for review. I liked it a lot. I have to say. Yeah, I had a good time. I am continued in my being a fan of Marvel. It did not change my mind. In fact, it just made me more of a fan of Marvel. So uh, next week, we will be reviewing the movie Us by director Jordan Peele. Nice. Um, We watched Get Out, and we both had the same kind of reaction to Get Out, didn't we? Mm Mm-hmm. That it was okay, but what's all the fuss about? Kind of. I understand what the fuss is about. Don't speak for me, because I understand completely why people want to latch on to it for cultural... I mean, I understand that, but uh, but as far as as quality goes... Exactly. So there's a difference between how we see it quality-wise and how everyone took it on and sort of applied their reaction to it, their emotional reaction to the... Racial component, which is totally valid. It's just that that doesn't elevate the quality no, to me. Because we've seen like really low budget horror movies that have been way better executed. Well, than that. the quality of all the elements, as far as technically go, yeah. Now the emotional impact could be way greater. You know, you might definitely want to sit and watch that movie fifty times over before you watch. You know, Jason number 55. I just found Get Out to be a bit hokey towards the end. The story, you mean? Yeah. 
Um, we are watching at the moment the Jordan Peele's The Twilight Zone, and a lot of those are, have got that hokey feel to them as well, right? Like they don't particularly end that well. Like it, almost no, like they I run. I wouldn't out. call them hokey because Twilight Zone no. is pretty out there. <laughs> but but the they I feel like the Twilight Zone episodes that he's been doing they start off like with a really good idea but then kind of fizzle out towards the end like and there's like oh we don't the ending's not quite so clever or it's not like i'm not never blown away by it yeah well i haven't been so far even though they're so they're really good quality aren't they there's really good actors in them good actors but i'm not impressed no not so far i'm impressed with some of the ideas and promoting certain like socially conscious things totally into that however it's the twilight zone and where the original series took on those issues the way that they could at the time, it also felt more clever than these. This isn't a clever way of... Oh, this one's like jamming it in your face. Like. Yeah, sometimes. Or it's just not even that. It's not even going that far. You know, it's more like, here's the idea. It should override the quality of the rest of the story. Or we don't have to unravel. We don't have to slowly expose or have the turnaround at the end where you're like, whoa, you're on earth. I didn't get it. You know, stuff like that. We're not getting a lot of that. Okay. Back to the subject of um, Captain Marvel. And uh, we, what I like to do at this point in the show is um, for any movie, not just Captain Marvel, go to IMDb. And uh, (laughs) we always find the bad reviews users like you and me. We're just all users. Of IMDb. (laughs) Like, the people who actually spend time to go and write a review because they really hate the movie. It's not fun reading the people who love it, because you know what they're going to say. But what we found over the weeks of doing this is people really say the same thing in the one-star section, don't they? I mean, (laughs) it's usually the same. We feel like it might be the same people, but we're not sure. Anyway, here's some one-star reviews of Captain Marvel from IMDb. And I will use them in the voice of the person on the other end of the screen, writing it. Okay. Your your vision of how they must sound. All right. (laughs) Number one. I don't want this one because it's too long. (laughs) I'll listen to you. Don't even have the patience to read. Number one is... From Ray MJ seven seven seven, he says, "Overrated. They were so busy trying to make a feminist manifesto, they forgot to make a good movie. The forced humor and weak CGI didn't help matters." A feminist manifesto. Hmm. I'm a woman, uh, therefore, I guess some people think I have a radar for this thing. I I don't pick up on that. This time, so. Okay, so Contact Man, who's our second commenter, says, Boring superhero character. Brie Larson is unwatchable. (laughs) She simply cannot do for Marvel what Wonder Woman did for DC. This superhero has so many powers that it never feels like she's in danger of anything. That kill all tension in the movie. It is an okay kind of story, but not worth all the hype. Okay. And we agree. She has a love power. Yes, we do. She will have a weakness. It is just that at this moment, we're learning about her strength. And then when she finds out she has a weakness, it's going to hit her hard. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Here's another one. So bad from Natasha. So bad. She says, bad acting, bad script. Bad directing. Just bad overall. Seemed like I was watching some cliche movie <laughs> made by a freshman with seen, way too much money. Have you seen all the Marvel movies? <laughs> but not enough skills. My goodness. Um, she can't carry the franchise, says Judith. Her performance was forced, uninspired, and flat. I'm not looking forward to the next movie with her in exclamation points, in it. In it? (laughs) Dang, calm down, young lady. This person says, 
Oh, I shouldn't say that because I don't like it when people tell me to calm down either. Russo Serg says, Extra point for the kitty. The only part that isn't <laughs> cringy. Such poor character development. Take away superpowers and the movie is hollow at best. Hello. I mean, that's true, but again, have you, are you, are these the people who would normally watch, you know, Marvel movies? Because that's all it is. Yeah, I think they are because they seem to have seen the other ones. But then they claim that this one is, has a different expectation. This one, the final one by Ripper Spikey. Ripper Spikey. Bad writing, forced female lead propaganda movie. Captain America retold, but bad. Pure trash, waste of money and time. A CGI cat and a dead guy. The only ones who were in the movie. A what? A CGI cat and a dead guy. The only ones who were in the movie. <laughs> a dead guy. Who's the dead guy? <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think Samuel L. Jackson is dead? <laughs> I don't... What the hell is... What is he talking about? Well, I don't know what he means. I don't know. Dang. It's quite good, though. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> I like the reader really fast as if that's how he was typing it. He, she, whatever. He's like a dead guy. And then he's like, was that something else? What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's not going to question himself. Yeah. So, yeah, they're the one star reviews for this week. Uh, movie recommendations. We usually go. I do anyway. I'll recommend you some movies that I like that are like in the same universe ish. Wonder Woman. Really good, right? Wonder Woman. I liked it. I think it might be the best of the DC films for me. And secondly, Room, starring Brie Larson mm-hmm. and Jacob Tremblay. Very, very, very good. It's really good, that movie. It's traumatic. Yes. So watch Room. Not The Room, just Room. Correct. Yeah. The Room is something very different. And mine are, because I want to think, like, if people want to use fictional characters for the role models let's say you want to be quote unquote manly so you think james bond represents you it doesn't but whatever or you think that this female character superhero needs to represent you she doesn't she's fictional she doesn't exist but in the real world there are people and we're going to go for women who suffer at the hands of whomever and other women try to then bring that to the world, try to solve that problem, try to raise an awareness. And so I looked up some documentary films about women. And, you know, when you start looking, you, it immediately goes to, like, horrible, horrible stuff. This is true. And so the one I found that had, and I have not seen it, so I'm not recommending it based on me having seen it, but it's called The Greatest Silence, Rape in the Congo. Not a cheery this, subject. Where is this from? It's a documentary. On Netflix? Uh, I don't know where you can watch it, but oh. if you look it up, they have a site. There's a whole site that are women by are movies by women, and so it's all kinds of documentary films that are made by women, produced by, directed by, right. and about different struggles of f- women around the, around the whole world. So, rape in the Congo, and sadly, when you look at their list, there's a lot of bad ones from Africa and from the Middle East. So, you know, if you want to go look at some stories about real live women who have suffered and or conquered, then that would be an option. Not that particular movie, but just do some searching around. Read some books around about real people and uh, use them as your inspiration if you if you need. And then the other one is completely not related is called a show called The Outer Limits. And it's the 1995 to 2005, I believe, were the years. And um, it's very heavily in the religious iconography and sort of supporting but anti-technology taking over our belief in a higher power and all that. So that's kind of in your face. And I don't have any beliefs of any kind. So it kind of kicks you in the face really hardcore sometimes. In fact, there was a robot hung up on a thing in the shape of Jesus on the cross because the robots were rebelling and he had to be put down. So, you know, it's like that. It's very overt it's not subtle at all however you come across gems of people that you might have seen we we still watching today who were in loads of tv shows and stuff in the 90s and early 2000s like clancy brown one of our favorites he does so many voices and he's it's one of those people like he I does a column anonymous famous but he's more on the famous end but anonymous as in you see him you hear him you're like i know who that guy is but 
then you don't, right? But Clancy Brown was in one. He does a lot of video game voices. Yeah, exactly. Also. And he was in Phineas, Fer- <laughs> Phineas and Ferb, so of course I liked him in that. But um, So The Outer Limits, and it is on YouTube TV. That's where I've been watching it. So beware of the commercials. There's a lot of them. But if you get a remote in your hand, you should be good. <laughs> or yeah. on the computer, you can skip them really easy. But it's a fun... It's, it's basically a, just on TV. It's on um, Comet. Yeah. yeah, Comet TV. Yeah, on Comet TV. You can just watch it. You can just look at their schedule and see yeah. it too. Um, but I like to watch things a lot in a row. So I um, will watch like 10 episodes in a row. And there's a lot. There's like nine seasons, I think. Seven yeah. or nine seasons. You'll so. be able to watch them all eventually. I'm only on season two, baby. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's super high quality, but some of the ideas is very of its time. So we all of a sudden have time travel. We have addressing um suppressed memories which became a thing in the 90s you know people mm, suddenly remembering that they had been molested or whatever and in fact we just watched the virtues which i think addressed that as well even though it's a modern time oh yeah we just finished the virtues this week you won't know what it is listening probably it's a british show british show directed by shane meadows it was four parts if you want to make someone smile don't haven't watched the show. It was so harrowing, wasn't it? It's harrowing. And uh, it's I so wanted, harrowing. at the end of the final episode, I wanted, in fact, I probably did, stand up and clap. That's how, You clapped, yeah, you didn't stand that's, up. That's yeah. how good I thought it was. <laughs> it is like, you know, like when you think of like really fine drama where it like makes you feel something. It's that kind of drama, It's right? very moving. Yeah. And really good performances are all over it. Absolutely. And I hope more people get to see it because it is a British like miniseries. And I know those do end up on Netflix eventually. You, you know, stuff like that does go on Netflix. I think Made in Britain went, Made in England went on um, Netflix Speaking eventually. Of made in England? Yeah, it's by the guy who made Made in England. If you are a fan of Made in England. So if oh, you've seen Made of England, Made in England, and you understand. It's that vibe. It's that vibe and also Manchester by the Sea, which has nothing to do with these, but it's that kind of story that a lot of people can't, Hack. Very realistic. It's very and harrowing, heartbreaking, soul crushing. <laughs> Can't be the word. I'm not really selling it here, but if you want to dig into the human experiences that really touch a nerve, and I think it can build some sympathy in you, even though they're fictional. Although this one was based on this guy's real life story, I just think I like the ones that dig deep. Yeah, that is a uh, something to mention. Shane Meadows, the director. This the virtues. The main thread of the story is actually a real thing that happened to him. So that makes it even more harrowing to me because when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because stuff happens in it. Let me say some stuff happens. And it's not a fantastical thing. It would have happened. It's happened to many it's people. Very real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't know where you can see that, but. I'm hoping you, everybody can see it sooner or later. Surely it gets sold to Netflix or something. I mean, it's quality. So, um, A. Scully stuff this week. It is E3. It kicks off tomorrow. Well, it kind of kicked off this morning, but with like a little fizzle. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a weird E3 this year. Sony are not going. Sony's always my favorite part. In fact, last year, we you even watched the Sony one mm-hmm. with me, where they did the Last of Us thing, and it was kind of weird. It was dumb. Yeah, well, but, <laughs> but mean, it was weird, a good conference. They showed some cool kind, games. It was really dumb. Yeah, but they showed some cool games and they had some musical guests and all that stuff. But Sony are not even doing it this year at all. Microsoft are gonna like do uh, Sunday. Most they're doing a, a three-hour conference on Sunday. Microsoft, so they must have a lot to say. Um, e, uh, EA went today and they showed the new Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. I'm the biggest Star Wars fan, and I watched the 12 minutes of footage that they showed. And, you know, it looked pretty generic, I've got to say. Oh. I'm kind of frightened because it's EA. But I'll have more to say after, you know, all the stuff will happen tomorrow, 10 hours worth tomorrow and Monday. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of surprise games. and The big surprise, apparently, is like, um, you don't know about this, but on Xbox... They have a thing called Game Pass. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Where you so. pay $10 a month and you get access to a massive library of games. You can just play them all. They're bringing it to PC, apparently. Right. Which is very interesting because from the rumors, 
like Xbox games don't you you can't play them on the PC, but from the rumors that go around, they've made an emulator that plays current Xbox One games on the PC through the service. So you can play like you don't need an Xbox to play Xbox games is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. They'll all work on the PC. If that's what they're coming out with, that sounds very interesting to me because there's a lot of games on the Xbox. I'm not an Xbox owner, by the way. I have a PS4. Let's I would just like say, to though, play. in the past, you have owned everything. I have owned the 360. I just, when it got to the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 4 had most of the games that I wanted to play, so I went that way. So, um, yeah, we'll have a look at all that stuff coming up. And what I played a bit of this week is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey's DLC, which is the um, Fields of Elysium. And it takes place like after the main story of the game and you are going, you're still in ancient Greece, but now we're going into the, you know, the Greece, like Hades and the Fields of Elysium and all that stuff, which is like the three-headed dogs and dragons and I don't think there was dragons, was there? <laughs> do, you, do you know Greek mythology? I don't think there was, there was Hades either. <laughs> no, but in their myth, there was a three-headed yeah. dog. There was like a Cyclops, there's Medusa. Medusa, yeah, all that stuff. Anyway, all that stuff's going to be in is in this DLC, which we've just started playing. So that is it for my stuff until next week when E3 will have finished. Sit up, what's for dinner? Tonight we're having leftover spaghetti. Mmm, spaghetti is lovely. <laughs> now, the reason he asked me about reading is because we are vegetarian. We've been vegetarian for 10, almost 11 years. And... That's, I always think that's funny because people assume that I'm an animal lover, animal rights activist, etc. I do think it's despicable to be mean to animals because fuck do you, who do you think you are, right? I don't get it. It's deplorable. However, it's not why I don't eat them. We just stopped eating them because of some health issues. And now it's like not even a thing, is it? Like, nah. Do you ever want... No. I know that you want to try the Impossible Burger. Yesterday I had some amazing meatballs that were not made of meat. They were fantastic. Uh, they just were plant-based like meatballs. meatballs, amazing texture, great flavor, I guess. I can't taste anything at the moment, unfortunately. Can't smell or taste anything. That's a whole other podcast. I'm sure there's an Anosmia podcast somewhere in the world, right? Um, but yeah, the spaghetti, we just get a can, a jar of... Some that has no animal stuff, no beef broth, no chicken broth, no dairy in it. We're not vegan. That's really hard. That's a life thing and a commitment to like not utilize things that exploit the use of animals or creatures to the best of your ability. We're not that. Um, but tonight, the leftover spaghetti, and then what do we have? Cookies, and I think that's it. And then my advice is some people have the philosophy that when people put out really horrible negative vibes, comments, uh, assert very hate-filled, like damaging, insulting ideologies into the world that, yeah, you can just ignore them and they'll go away. Nah, they don't. I say, depending on the level of threat or danger to your person or your people that you care about, so in different parts of the world, it's going to be different. But in my everyday life, if someone starts selling me some bullshit... (laughs) I'm going to say something. If someone tries to share some bullshit lies on a social media platform of any kind, that is a blatant lie. And that's meant to kick somebody down in the dirt unnecessarily put somebody as the butt of everyone's joke or lie blatantly lie about a fact of nature, a fact of science, just a true fact, a date, a, a place, whatever. If it's a, fact you cannot lie about in order to promote your own agenda and if people just let that happen and go oh well did you see what i read this that or the other no that's a lie and i'm gonna say it i don't have anything really i don't have my own personal agenda i don't think other than you know just don't be assholes to each other (laughs) it's pretty it's a pretty simple formula Um, but yeah, I will say something. I will say something in a party if someone's being racist. I will say something in a party if someone is hateful about 
gender, I will say it at work because I have, because we have a couple of trans people at my place of business who do not deserve to be scowled at or talked about behind their backs. They're just people living their life. So unless you're going to assist or want to learn about their life, then fuck off. And I'll be happy to say, not that in the workplace, but what exactly is your issue with this? What exactly is intimidating about this to you? How does this affect you? How could you help this person have a better day at their job considering the obstacles that they have? Like, people don't like that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, if you're going to intentionally try to put somebody down, then be prepared that someone around the corner or who's listening to the conversation should be prepared to step in and go, oh, wait a minute. Why is that joke funny? What does it do for you to make fun of someone else so much that it pumps up your own ego and lets this whole little group of gigglers put them down beneath you? And if you don't think that's what you're doing, you're wrong. That is exactly what you're doing. So I will say something. Nice. Again, I have no sense of humor. I have no... You don't. <laughs> I have no sense of fun. I'm never fun. I have no friends, which they, the friends I have would disagree with that or also disagree that I'm no fun or that I never smile or that I don't have a, a good laugh when it seems right. Um, but that's it. Say something. All right. Be something. So um, you can catch this uh, podcast. It told, at the beginning of the show, I told you everything you needed to know. I'm going to start posting it on Instagram if I can. Nice. Um. I'm also, I also post it everywhere else. You can go anywhere and find this show. After the show, movie podcast. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascooly